You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! And on tonight's episode of Hey Mitch, I am very thankful to welcome back Allie Wagner, also known as Miss Cat Cosplay. Uh, she was on the podcast way back in the beginning, so uh, it's it's been a while since I've gotten to talk to her because we haven't had conventions in the last year. Uh, so it's glad glad to catch up with you, Allie. How are you? I'm I'm alive. <laughs> Good. Yes, that is uh, yes. what we can all think, thank <laughs> you know. Yeah, every day above ground is a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so definitely, definitely missing conventions. It's it's crazy. Uh, this whole pandemic has put me in a very sad, sad place. Because conventions were always like my home away from home. That kind of, you know, it was like my break from reality. So now that I don't have that, I uh, ch- channel that into other means. Which, you know. <laughs> you know, definitely brings us to why we're here tonight. You have ah! written a book. Uh, what? <laughs> I, did, I did a thing. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 as it states on your your uh, your Instagram, this is your debut book. So how is. was this as a starting out for you? Oh, gosh. So ever since like I was like a wee child, I always wanted to be a published author. And, you know, when I was like 12, most people were... Most kids are reading like fantasy books and the kid genre. I was reading James Patterson, strangely Ooh. enough. My parents were fine with that, oddly. <laughs> um, so I actually started writing like thriller books. And then I, my computer actually crashed and died when I was like 15. And I kind of like gave up on it. And then just recently, like getting back into watching anime and um, reading manga and playing video games, this idea came to me like, hey you should write about this. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't, I don't do that anymore. Um, and then I, I know that this is just like an audio recording, but I have a small library at home and, uh, I can see I, it. You can see it. <laughs> I love books. I'm a manager at Barnes and Noble. Like books is, is my passion. So the more, I, the more I worked at Barnes and Noble and the more I, I continue to read fantasy novels, I was like, ah, this idea in my mind is just, it's forming more and more and more every day. It's growing. Like these these characters are having backstories, and I haven't written a word yet. So I want to say about two years ago, just to get the idea out of my head, because I felt like it was like suffocating me, but like in the best way possible. I started writing on my phone, like in like the notes. I don't know if anyone has like an iPhone here. There's like the notes category. Um, so I just started writing on notes so, like on my my lunch break or breaks at work and. Uh, little did I know I, f- I finished a book. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what is this? Um, and so I transferred it to like a word document and sure enough, it was like 200 pages as a word document. I'm like, wow, I have a lot of free time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was crazy. And then going through it and I'm like, okay, well this is, I actually really enjoy what I wrote. 
And I didn't think anything would come of it um, until I made my best friend read it. And she's a huge avid reader like I am. And I'm like, look, I need you to be honest with me. Like, is this trash or is this like, eh, it's okay. You know, <laughs> let me know. So she read it and she was like, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know if we're allowed to curse or not. But you are. Like, you are absolutely okay, loud. Fabulous. Cause I have a pod in my mouth. <laughs> so, so do I. <laughs> fabulous. She was like, bitch, like this, this is good. I'm like, no, really, I need you to be honest with me. Like, how is it? She was like, I'm look, I love you. And I appreciate you. But when it comes to reading and books, I am super honest. And you have something here. And I was like, okay, so we kind of worked together. So I printed the first couple chapters and her and I met at a Starbucks at like eight o'clock at night. And that actually became a ritual for like months where she would read the chapter, we would go through it together, and she would be like, this is inconsistent with this chapter. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, you, yeah you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, and I would kind of edit it from there. And it's gone through so many edits that what it originally started as is kind of like not it's like it's final is its final form now i feel like it was like a super saiyan from goku like <laughs> started off with my tail and now I'm, now i have cyan hair <laughs> um and, and it's it's crazy because i a year ago i tried to do traditionally publishing where i you had to write this query letter which is basically like hey this is what my book's about can you please publish me and i got like like 10 rejection letters and i was like Ooh. If that's not a, a dream killer, I don't know what is. So <laughs> so um, I set it aside and I kind of had this new idea that formed um, in the same world, but to make it YA fantasy. And YA fantasy is a huge, huge seller in genre right now. It's it's a booming market, especially in Barnes & Noble. And I know because I work there. <laughs> um, and... As I'm writing the YA fantasy, I'm like, God, I, I, I miss the original characters in the first book that I wrote. And I was like, you know what? Like, at this point, we're in quarantine. I got laid off my job for a couple months. So what else am I going to do? So I decided to, like, go back into it's, it's called Skin and just kind of, like, really refine it and make it the best thing possible. And I started to, like, look into self-publishing and that. For some reason, when I first started, I was like, I don't want to self-publish. Like, no, 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 no. That's like this easy way out. I am so sorry for ever saying that because <laughs> it is not easy. Like, there's so many little things that go into self-publishing that I had no idea about until you actually, like, you know, go through with the process. So um decided to do it. And I briefly talked about it on a... uh a TikTok live. So I don't know how, but I kind of blew up on TikTok. I mean, not blow up. I have 20,000 followers and they're, they're great. Um, and people like watched me on TikTok and I was like talking about it and they're like, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so you're going to like publish this. And I was like, well, I mean like I was thinking about it. They're like, so when is it going to be available? And I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, so just having people, like people that aren't my best friend be excited about it made me excited for it and actually pushed me into um, actually going into the self-publishing route. And so that's what I decided to do. 
That's sorry, awesome. I just word vomited all over you. Hey, you know what? That's I, we want that information, so I'm I'm happy to to receive it. Okay. Uh, as you mentioned, the book is called Skin. Called uh, Skin. It's uh, and and from the description that is on your social media, it is about a shapeshifter. Uh, it is about a shapeshifter. Give me. Uh, how about uh, give you can give us some more information. What what's the okay. book about? Obviously, we don't want any spoilers. We want everybody right. to go out and buy the book and read it. So. So it's a paranormal romance. And let me tell you that when I first wrote Skin, I originally marketed it as a urban fantasy, which just means a fantasy set in today's day and age. And I was like, that's what it is, an urban, urban fantasy. And then I realized that I read a lot of paranormal romance. And if you don't know what that is, it almost sounds like ghosts banging each other. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that's not the genre. Um, I'm sure there's that's people what it that sounds like. It. I was going to say, I'm sure there's people that want to buy that book too, though. I mean, like, hey, we don't kink shame up in here, but... No, no, not at all. (laughs) So a paranormal romance is basically a romance. It's a a fantasy romance, but it has to do with, like, werewolves and vampires, fae, etc. So that's that's what paranormal romance is. So that's what this is. So I had to, like, go in and, like, add some more into (laughs) it to make it, like, more in that category. Um. So it is about it, – it takes place in L.A. because, you know, write about what you know. Yep. So I, I live close to L.A. And um, it's about this shapeshifter, but she is an actual shapeshifter. So she doesn't have any boundaries as to what she can be. She can be any animal at this point. So, But shapeshifters were wiped out 200 years ago by other preternatural creatures because they're like, ooh – you dangerous you could like technically be us and that's like not okay <laughs> so they were kind of threatened by the abilities that shapeshifters could be and they're like let's let me we're just gonna off you guys so it was a mass genocide of shapeshifters Ooh. so kira um her nickname is key she goes by key in the book she inherited the gene from her great grandmother so her parents are werewolves but she she is not so knowing what her you know her ancestors have been through she decides to hide what she is and just say that she's a werewolf like she can turn into a wolf boom werewolf so the only people that really know what she is is her boyfriend of a year and that's important and her boss so her boss is the kind of like the head honcho of la county and he's a vampire so he's in charge of all the vampires in all the cities in la county and in la so he pretty much just hires her to be like his spy because she can be anything. He's like, I will give you money and I will throw money at you to just tell me what these people are doing. She's like, cool. I got that. <laughs> so she's a very meek, shy person when you first meet her because she's very not trustworthy of other people because if anyone knows her secret, she could potentially die. And she's like, eh, I'm, c- I'm good. I don't, no, thanks. <laughs> um, so, Something happens to her. She gets ambushed in her apartment by werewolves. Um, that's not really like a spoiler because it's it's kind of like it's in the back of the book. Um, and she's left for dead. And so she decides that she had enough of being this weak, meek creature and decides to be pretty much a crazy bitch. <laughs> she has a complete 180. So she's bloodthirsty. She's out for revenge and she kind of has anger issues at the same time. So her plan is that the people who ambushed her, she's going to hunt them down one by one and kill them. 
but she's going to do it in the worst slash best way possible, depends on which way you're looking at it. Um, she's going to impersonate the people that they trust most and kill them. So she kind of turns into like a bloodthirsty assassin. It's pretty awesome. Very cool. So <laughs> in this world that you've created, is the paranormal, <laughs> the fae, are they common? Like, does everybody know they exist or is it is it more hidden stuff like, uh, you know, uh, like what would be now, I guess? No, that's, that's actually a great question. So I made sure to um, establish kind of like a... A hierarchy um so yes um it's called the monster movement because humans label everything that goes bump in the night as monsters mm-hmm. so the monster movement happened 25 years ago and pretty much what happened is with the expanding of monsters more and more of them were tired of being in hiding they're tired of being basically like lesser people quote quote because humans didn't know they existed so they wanted rights as well. And they wanted to come out to the public and be like, we're here. We exist. Boom. (laughs) Um, so they created this, this council. So there's one vampire for all of the undead. That could be like zombies. Um, uh, vampires, I guess would be your thing. Um, one werewolf to rule all of the shifters. And I have like a ton of different were animals. It's not just, where wolves, there's were bears, where leopards, where lions, where dragons, there's everything. Um, dragons. One, yeah. Yes. That's in the YA. Book. Wow. It's pretty <laughs> great. Pretty fabulous. <laughs> um, uh, one warlock to rule over all of the magic users, and one elf to rule over all of the, the woodland creatures. So this council of four actually meets with the president and his cabinet, and they have come together to um, establish laws and rights for monsters. Very cool. I mean, that yeah. is <laughs> extensive in the in the world building there now. Uh, it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you talked a little bit about like you know you've been sitting on this this thought this idea for a very long time. What what was it that was finally was uh, uh, the 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 kickoff? Other than you know just saying I need to do this. These are, these are the ideas. What was the original kickoff? So I know this sounds really crazy, but if you talk to any author, they'll tell you the same things is where their characters talk to them. And they're like, am I a little crazy? Probably. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, like, we're fine. (laughs) fine. Um, It's where my characters just kept talking to me. And like constantly, like every day there was new situations that my, my characters were in. And I'm like, what do you guys, you don't even exist. Like, what what are you doing? And finally, it was to the point where, like, I could vividly see in my mind certain scenes happening. And they just wouldn't go away until I put them on paper. So that's that's what happened. I finally wrote what was in my head, and then it came out into words. And I was like, okay, I got that out of my system. And then, like, two days later, I'd be like, but what about this? I was like, oh, God. <laughs> um, so that that's actually how, how it happened. And... Um, it's kind of like how I tell everybody 90% of this was written on my phone um, just because it would just hit me at random times and I would just bust up my phone and quickly write down what was happening and then transfer it to word later. But yeah, that's pretty much the kicker. It was just one of those things where my characters wouldn't leave me alone. And I was like, I, right, that's fine. And <laughs> I got them out of my system. So 
it's not. <laughs> <laughs> what is is the world of the paranormal, the fae? Is that just something that you know a lot about, or is that is that something you went and did some research on when when you were writing this book? I, you know what? I actually didn't do any research. It's mostly because for skin, this is the one that takes place in in L.A. This is kind of like the book that started all of the side ideas and the side plots that have been happening. Um, so I, it was really just Key and Kira. Kira is her name. Um, Kane, who is the werewolf, and Lucas, who is the vampire. It's just those three that kind of developed, and between the three of them and their their interaction the world built outside of that. When it comes to the actual like fae um, and woodland creatures that actually happens in my YA fantasy book. And that one I did have to do research. So for my, my birthday, um, my husband and I actually went up to San Francisco for the weekend. And there's a place called mere woods, which is like right over the golden state bridge. And I set the setting for my YA fantasy there. And so I was like, I mean, pictures can only do me so much, so I need to experience it in person. So that's that's where we went. The six hour drive was it six hour, six hour drive, five hour drive, <laughs> something like that. And so there for a weekend and went hiking. And I I died I died hiking because I'm not an outdoors person at all. So like we were there for like four hours, and I was like, you can't do this. And my husband's like, keep moving, you're fine. Like you wanted to do this. You'll be happy when you when you're done. Just do it. I was like, okay, it's fine. And it was it was so worth it. Like I found so many like things that I wrote in my book. I was like, this is the boundary line, babe. Look, and he like he doesn't he doesn't know what I've written. He's like, see, I told you. Aren't you happy you did it? And I was like, I'm so happy that I did it. <laughs> so um, that's really the only one that I did research for um i do have another paranormal romance that i'm writing this halfway through again in the same world and this one i have done uh, more research on because it's more greek mythology and egyptian mythology based so i bought a egyptian mythology book just to make sure i'm really getting everything correct and not it's not messing it up um so that one is also in the works um so a total i've written I've written skin i've written a sequel already I've written the YA fantasy spinoff and I'm halfway through the, the other paranormal romance that I've written in the same world. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy. And again, these are just things that they've come to me and I'm like, gotta get it out on paper. So I like spewed it out into word. I'm like, okay, now that it's out of my system, it's fine. But now that I'm actually publishing skin, the, the possibility of publishing these other ones is kind of like, it's, it's awe. Like I'm awestruck by it. So that's awesome. Like, yes, the wellspring of ideas <laughs> comes when you, you know, finally put it down. Like, that's amazing. Uh, glad to hear it. Um, yeah. I know, uh, of course, I know the answer, but just for everybody else, what would the difference between a YA fantasy and regular fantasy be? So, you know, this is actually a really good question because working at Barnes and Noble, um, YA fantasy, fantasy, and then manga are actually my sections. They call them like my bracket of the store. Um, and everyone knows, like, if we have to move something, we have to ask Allie first because she'll hurt us. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch my sections. So YA fantasy, I originally thought meant that it was geared towards younger readers. Like, it was, it was geared towards that, that age group of, like, 13 to, like, 18. 
And that's actually not true. I mean, while it is, it's supposed to be relatable. So yes, people of that age group will flock to it. It actually means that the protagonist is between that age group. And I didn't know this until probably, probably like nine months ago. Um, but it makes sense. So yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. And then adult fantasy, everything, everything above that. Um, and that's actually how YA fantasy books can get away with having a little bit of smut in them. Um, which of course has a manager Barnes and Noble is an issue sometimes for me because I have the angry parents that are like, what is my child reading? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what it's <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> um, but yet that's how they get away with it. So even though it is a young adult section, the protagonist is 18, which is a legal consenting age to engage in sexual activities. And so they do. I mean, granted, it's not like super graphic and detailed, like in adult fantasy, but that, that happens a lot as opposed to like adult fantasy. I mean, anything can happen. Like you have um, Nevernight, for example, Mia Craveri starts off as, 16 um and there's a lot that goes on in that book it's actually this one right here sorry it's a video (laughs) it's not a video but we're a video um and there's there's smut there's death there's murder there's everything in this book so technically if jay christoph wanted to who that's the author i apologize um he could have marketed that as a ya fantasy but I think that because of all the MA contents, he marketed it as adult fantasy, which I think worked out really, really well. But uh, yeah, hope that uh, answers so the question. <laughs> it does. It really does. It d- does any book that or any fantasy book that has a protagonist between that age is it automatically considered YA, or do can there be like a a teenager in an adult uh, fantasy book? Definitely. I mean, that goes back to Nevernight. Um, the main protagonist is 16, 16 like when the series first happens. Um, I think technically Nevernight should be considered as a new adult. And new adult is kind of like this new genre that's popped up. And it's it's a, it's pretty much in between young adults and adults. So it has the YA writing with the adult content, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of places, for instance, like Barnes Noble, um, doesn't acknowledge new adult as a section. It's like it's either one or the other pick one. <laughs> so that's kind of like a kind of a odd subject there, because um, there are a lot of books that fall in that category that are in both sections. Uh, for example, um, the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, um, Feyre is 19 when this series starts but when this series first came out it was marketed as YA fantasy she was 19 that you know it's a it's kind of like a retelling of Beauty and the Beast but with a fun little twist on it Uh, but there is some smut in it that's it's very barely described smut but in book two it's full-blown smut (laughs) so we've had a lot of parents come in angry with their pitchforks rallying that we're corrupting their children I was like, okay, well, first of all, I didn't write the book and I didn't put it there. So in preparation for her new book, which um, Sarah J. Maas, she full on said that book four is going to be super duper adult smutty. And Barnes Noble is like, okay, we're listening now. We're going to listen to the angry parents and we're going to listen to the author. So they actually took that whole series out of uh, YA and they put it in adult fantasy where 
it probably should have been from the beginning. Um, but I think technically it would be a new adult book because it's 19, the smut. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so for creatures that are like uh, your vampires and your werewolves, which by all accounts, because I don't know the answer, don't exist. Uh, did you add anything to that myth to, you know, something that, that hadn't existed in uh, other fiction at this point? It really, see, the bad thing, oh, did he leave? He did. It's okay. Okay, okay just want to make sure, is it still re- recording? Still I have my own recording going. Okay, Cra- good. I use Craig <laughs> as a backup. <laughs> awesome. Um, It really just depends, because, I mean, werewolves and vampires have been around in uh, media and books for so long that it's so hard to find a unique concept of it. Um, it's really hard to find something that's original and, and all that stuff. Um, cause I've read several books of vampires. So that's, that's kind of like my favorite vampires and werewolves, like carnival romans. Um, <laughs> that's like, kind of like my favorite to read. So I have read a lot of different depictions of vampires and werewolves. And I think that my, my favorite, like niche vampire trait is that they're only awake at night. Mm-hmm. Like that's, to me, that's what vampires should be. Like, I'm sorry, Twilight. That's vampires should only be awake at night. Um, so well, they the consequences my vamp- for the vampires in Twilight during the day is a lot less severe than like a disco ball. <laughs> <laughs> so for my vampires, they're mostly awake at night. Um, for the stronger ones and ones that have been vampires for longer, for example, Lucas, he's been a vampire for probably about 300 years. Um, he's also they call him the curse of Apollo because he was a, he grew up pretty much in, in Greece and he's a pyrokinetic before he was turned. But back then that's something that was never heard of. So they called him the curse of Apollo. So Apollo being the Greek God of the sun mm-hmm. and all that. So <laughs> just in case nobody knows, I don't want to <laughs> assume. Um, so because of his affinity for fire and because he is older, he can be awake during the day if he needs to, and then going out in the sun, it's it's not the best idea. Um, but he can he can function. It's just very uncomfortable for him. But newer vampires, they will like pretty much combust as soon as the sun hits them. <laughs> um, so his affinity for fire and him being older kind of gives him somewhat of like a leeway, but not like enough to be like, full out in the middle of the day and high noon just chilling. He, he would die. <laughs> um, for my werewolves, I think that's something to me that just makes sense. And I've kind of read it in a different book as well, is that procreating between werewolves is very difficult. And that's because, you know, the, the full moon calls on the shift of a werewolf. So if a female werewolf is pregnant in her human form and the full moon happens, the change is so hard on their body that the chances of a fetus living is is not very high um right yeah i mean logically speaking yeah (laughs) so um there are some wolves that are strong enough and with the power of their their alpha you know because you know an alpha controls the pack and they have the strong aura and the command that they could you know they're bossy Mm -hmm. and a lot of their their pack has to listen to them so with the strong female and a strong like pack leader together it's it's very possible to resist the urge to change 
Um, but usually even then it's like eight months is like the max. Cause like your body is like, gotta change your, your inner beast is like dying to get out at that point. So that's, um, that's how some of my werewolves are made, but most of them are bitten and turned. So that's, I mean, that is a very unique and awesome, uh, yeah. addition. Like, yeah, the, the, that idea, um, of the stress of the body has mm-hmm. to has to come into play and especially uh, i mean since you're pregnant nine months at a row that's going to be nine times at this uh, at least nine times that this the moon goes full um exactly. i love that when you were creating these characters did you like have to do like big old diagrams of who each one is or backstories that don't exactly end up in your book like is basically what i'm asking is there is there just a whole bunch in your head and written down other places, it's never going to be seen by anybody else who, uh, that, that doesn't, even if they, they buy the book and read it. Probably. And even for the first book, um, I have four beta readers. Um, they're the ones that read it before I announced it basically to be like, Hey, can I get you guys ideas here? Um, and I do do a lot of interconnecting. Some of it isn't very obvious. Some of it, is most of it is not though but to me i'm like yeah i'm just gonna gonna sneak that in there real quick even if it doesn't make sense to to them it makes sense to me um but i have written down like timelines and this person with that person because of this reason like x amount of years ago um but it doesn't necessarily make sense like to the story Mm -hmm. um but for example uh without like spoiling anything um there's a person that's mentioned in chapter four of the book and it's a very fleeting mention they're mentioned again halfway through the book and then mentioned again at the end of the book so unless you're really paying attention to names you won't know that that's all the same person but it's a very very important connection for the second book okay that that was your question (laughs) (laughs) i love it uh is the is the is there a whole map somewhere of, of how you have it? Or do you just use the regular like Los Angeles city map? Basically the, the LA map. Um, it was very hard to like, for instance, like he's apartment. I had to actually pull up a map and be like, where do I want her apartment to be relative to where her bar is and where the vampires bar is. So for shifters, which is a bar and then bite, which is another bar. I kind of just briefly was like, it's kind of around LA live. There you go. Which is, yeah. So I'm like, good luck with that. But for her actual apartment, I found an apartment complex um, on Google maps <laughs> in a certain area that I was like, good. She lives there. <laughs> <laughs> is the layout wrong? Maybe I haven't gone and seen him in person, but close enough. So, um, I mean, do you have any art depict- depicted in the in the book, in like chapter heads or anything like that? I don't. I okay. just because this is my first book, and I don't really know like how hard to go. I did have someone um, draw fan art of Key, which is which is lovely. Um, but I, otherwise, I don't really have any art that goes with the book. Just the the cover. <laughs> I mean, I assume as a veteran costumer and cosplayer, you're you have a very good idea of how the characters would look if someone were to I walk do. up to you at a convention dressed as your, your character. Yes, if someone were to like come at me, I'd be like, "Oh my god, you're cute." Like, <laughs> like I I would know. I would hopefully I would know. 
Um, it's really funny because one of the characters, his looks is based off of my husband because he's handsome, but that's nice. <laughs> man. Um, and it's, it's funny because when I first started writing this character and my character, she was always supposed to end up with this character. And then I wrote a new character and now she doesn't end up with the first character. <laughs> so it's like, oh gosh, I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> so um, a lot of people... It, it makes me sad because, like, I'm protective of my character because even though he has serious character flaws, he's still my character. And the fact that he looks like my husband makes me more protective of him, even though I've made him into such a way where people don't like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> that was that's my own fault. It's actually my character's fault because they were always supposed to end up together. And then as soon as I wrote the other character, that he just kind of took over. So. I mean, that, that that's the way that the characters went. That's the way the story went. It just happens. Well, it happens. I mean, like, the original way that Skin started, that first chapter, is now, like, chapter 12 in the book. So it's it's weird how stuff like that works out. <laughs> did you... Did you... The fact that you have crafted and cosplayed so much, did that come <laughs> into mind while creating these characters? Uh, At all? Like, I mean, it doesn't have to. I was just wondering if it did. Not really. I mean, the only thing that I could say is that there's a certain, there's a book, there's a dress in book two that Key wears. And as I'm like describing, I'm like, God, I want to make that. (laughs) Like, that's pretty much the only thing I like where my actual like cosplay part has come in where I'm like, I want to make that dress. I want that dress. (laughs) Um, But that, yeah, that, that's basically it for that. What was the uh, the biggest obstacle that you came across while uh, writing? Not not so much anything else, but just just writing. Ooh, um, ooh, that's a good question. The biggest obstacle to actually write is probably finding the errors that I made. I know it sounds really weird. So I'm I'm kind of dyslexic. So if a a sentence says the red cat jumped over the brown fence. I will read it as the brown cat jumped over the red fence. And I won't notice the difference because I, you know, as me, especially when I'm reading as I, I skim a lot faster than I read out loud. So when you have an iPhone and you're writing on notes, um, the autocorrect will correct to something that's technically correct. And since I wrote it a certain way in my mind, I still read it in the way that I I originally thought that I wrote it. Mm. So when I transferred it to word again, because it's still technically correct because autocorrect fixed it. I don't see the mistakes. So it's not until like my fourth re- like reread where I'm like, why does this say she sat in a puddle through the roof? Like it's just something, something weird like that, that, that sentence didn't make fucking sense at all, but there's <laughs> <laughs> something weird like point. that. Where I'm like, I don't, no, she I, she like jumped over a puddle on the roof or something like that. That's how it was supposed to be. But um, it's not. It's not something you technically touch. So that was kind of like a um a challenging aspect for me because I had to sit there and meticulously look at each word and not just be like, I know this sentence. I wrote it. It's fine because it really wasn't. That's fair. Uh, I mean, yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense. And 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 having to keep it all straight you know would would have would have that consequence i understand um 
during during pandemic have you also been uh keeping up with uh cosplay and crafting even though you haven't had any conventions to go to I mean, not that you aren't too busy because you're writing books. Like, I understand that. I'm working on Siri from The Witcher. Um, I just have to make, like, her belts and her sword and stuff. Her actual outfit is pretty much done. Um, I am making a book cosplay. Again, um, it's a Court of Thorns and Rose. It's one of the dresses on the cover. And then, bless, bless his soul, but I am working on a commission that someone asked me to do probably back in like August. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still working on it. Um, he's, he's been a gem and, you know, thankfully there haven't been any conventions that he's been needing to wear them to. Um, but I'm making, I don't know if you're familiar with dark souls. Mm-hmm. I'm working on the, um, the greater moon sword. So he commissioned me for that. And so I'm, I'm still trying to, trying to finish that. <laughs> he's been, like I said, he's been such a gem. He's been so understanding about, because um, like my husband got COVID and like uh, back in like December and then there's just been hiccups with like the actual crafting part of it and like trying to get certain aspects of it the way it's supposed to look. So it's kind of like finding the right material to manipulate it in such a way where you, it looks like it's supposed to look, but it's also like not a real thing. So it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not, it's obviously not a real sword. So mm-hmm trying to make it look like one with all of its sharp angles and nicks and crannies and grooves are kind of what we're working on right now. Okay. I would say it's, I would say it's a little over halfway done. Yeah. It, this is actually it right here. There it is. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it. When it is finally safe to have a convention like that, is it, it, do you just imagine it's going to be a lot of cosplayers with a whole bunch of back, back, backlog or uh, oh, you know uh, souped up outfits and crafts i you know i don't i don't know i know that sounds really weird i know that um one of my best friends angie viper i know that you kind of did an, an interview with her too mm-hmm. um she, i know that she's been kind of working on a bunch of stuff she's just been kind of hammering it away and um which is which is fabulous and i, I think that everything that she's done people are gonna be really excited to see um, me, on the other hand, I think that I've just been trying to focus on this commission and working on skin that I haven't really been working on my own cosplay so much. Um, like I said, for Siri, a lot of it was bought. Um, like the, it's like a little like peasant top, if you guys know adult Siri. The brown um, like leather pants and all that stuff, the corset, those are all bought. I do have to actually make the belts and buckles and all that fun stuff that goes with it. Um, but I haven't actually worked on a cosplay like from scratch like I normally do. Um, there is one that I have been working on for a really long time. I told myself I was going to finish her, but I probably won't because I can't in my mind figure out how to make her wings. But it's um, Blade Mistress Morgana from League of Legends. Mm. I have her actual outfit done. I have her gauntlets done. I have her claws done. But those big ass metal wings, I can't, I just I can't. <laughs> my mind can't comprehend how to make it into 3d real life so that's the struggle so if i do make her i'll probably just do it without the wings which is kind of a bummer but there you go hey. i mean i mean everything else is done to be ashamed to just not finish it just because of the wings so right exactly <laughs> when we when conventions are a thing again will you be taking the book or the books i don't know um 
it was really it's really interesting because with skin as excited as I was to actually get it published and obviously I work at Barnes and Noble so um one of my big things was being able to get it into my store like if there's no point in me being able to get it then I, you know I can't promote it at my own job it's kind of gonna be moot for me in a way mm-hmm. I know it sounds really pretentious of me but that's just my goal my goal is to have my book on my shelf yep. at my job that's a, like no, that, i know it sounds so simple but it's not easy to do so when i was first talking about skin and people were getting excited about it i'm like okay like this is this is gonna be really fun you know maybe x amount of people have like a small little fan base that'd be fabulous so I decided to do the pre-orders on my Etsy because that was the only way I can get signed copies out to people who wanted it. And I was like, okay, I'll start with like 25. Like that that's ambitious to me. I'll have some left over. It'll be fine. So but the people that kept bothering me on my TikTok, and I mean bothering in like the best way possible. Like right. they're they're beautiful people. Um I told them like, okay, so the pre-orders are open if you guys really want it. And, you know, it'll be a signed copy of the book. I'll include a bookmark, a sticker, you know, know, a little thank you card from me to you, like thanking you for your support. So my pre-order sold out in two hours. And I was like, wow, like that's, that's amazing. Holy, holy snip snaps. (laughs) So I made a video saying like how thankful I was like, oh my God, you guys like 25 are sold out. And I had a flood of people that are like, what? We didn't know. And I was like, so you want like more? <laughs> I was like, I mean, like, okay. So I was like, okay, I'll do like another 25 and, you know, that'll be 50 eventually. Like, maybe I'll, ha- again, I'm thinking like maybe like four other people are going to buy it. Like, that's fine. So the next 25 sold out in 30 minutes. There you go. And it was very, very overwhelming. I basically like called my husband. I was like, He's like, what? I was like, like, oh, my pre-orders. It's, oh, my God. And I was just so humbled because I didn't think that this was going to be a big thing. And I still don't think it's going to be a big thing. I think I just talked about it enough where people are like, okay, we'll give it a try. Um, And and I I still have people on my TikTok that are like, so when is it ready? When can we order it? Um. So it might just be like my TikTok community, like the book talk community in general. That's very much like, yeah, we want it. And that could just be that. So I don't know how it's going to do like in person and especially in the cosplay community. I don't know if that's really going to be a thing. So I probably won't bring copies to conventions. Um, if for some reason someone hits me up and because you know, in my my bio on Instagram, I usually like this is the next convention that I'm going to. Um, if someone for some reason is like, Hey, like I want to be at this convention too. Can can I get a book? Then I'll be like, absolutely, yeah. But I'm not gonna make it like I'm not gonna make it a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I forget her name, but she's also a cosplayer who published a book and she did the self publishing like I am. And she had this whole like um booth set up in the exhibit hall and where she was selling her book. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, good for you. I'm too needy <laughs> and I need my friends and I need to like walk around and like see all the cosplay. So I couldn't just sit there at a booth and sell my book. Uh, I'd much rather just be out and about and interacting with people. Plus it's, I know this is really stupid, especially cause I just did it with you, but asking an author what their book is about is like the hardest question ever. <laughs> it really is. I know it sounds so silly, but like 
and having to do that all day yep. would just would just kill me. Like I, it's it's so hard. <laughs> I know, no, I mean I completely understand. I've, I've I've interviewed a few authors now, and it it does seem awkward to be like, hey, I'm going to put you up on this pedestal and, and make you uh, <laughs> sit there and talk about your book and what exactly yeah. is it about and why should people yeah. like it? But like, <laughs> I I know when when you I first hope. asked me, I was like. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's it, the hope is that it's going to help help you out with you know oh, at least getting more yeah. people to see it. Not that apparently you need it. Twenty thousand people, you know, wanting your book already is going to be a great <laughs> fall for you. Come on. I wouldn't say twenty thousand people. A lot of times people follow me on TikTok because I'm kind of crazy, and I do really weird like book reviews and I do like really like odd videos so I most of my followers are probably from there but I am part of the book talk community so I've shown up on a lot of people's like for you pages just simply for like book reviews which is which is fabulous because I love talking about books just not my own but I love talking <laughs> about books um yeah uh and I, I appreciate you taking the time to do the interview like I I was very happy that you asked me. I was nervous, but I was happy. <laughs> no, I was, you know, just seeing that you were taking on a new endeavor. I mean, obviously, I've been following you since our, our last interview, and, and it was it's great. I love to see people, you know, branch out and do do the thing that they're passionate about. And obviously, yeah. writing has been something of, for you for a while. Yes, um, and it, <laughs> I've always uh, wanted to be an author and just, like, actually doing it is kind of, it's kind of crazy. It's It's crazy. <laughs> You know what? And you're, you're the you're the passion you have in your voice for for the story sells the book. So uh, I'm I'm I wish all the great for you. Oh, thank uh, you. What are, what's the what's the last three books that you read? Oh, I'm currently reading A Court of Silver Flames, which is book four of the Akatar series. Um, and then I've been waking making my way through the Keystone Cross. Breed series by Danica Dark. It's another animal romance because <laughs> I like spice in my books. <laughs> um, and that's actually a really, really good series. It's also about um, like mages and vampires and shifters. But these are the vampires that can walk around during the day. And then these shifters are um, they're just called like shifters in general, but they could be like anything. It's mostly like were leopards, mm-hmm. but they just call them leopards. No. Ship, okay. Yeah, shifters, but the le- the leopard breed. So, yeah, also <laughs> like the books I've been reading lately. So between writing books, reading books, working full time, cosplay, crafting, like when do you find time to sleep? What's that? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand <laughs> the word. What, what, what is sleep? I don't even know what that is. Doesn't need. Don't need it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I usually I usually stay up pretty late. Um. Um, that's how I get like my my League of Legends time in because League of Legends is actually like one of my. It's weird because it's such a toxic environment sometimes, but it's my stress reliever because I just get to kill people. <laughs> and plus, um, one of my my best guy friends duo was with me, so we're like a, a we just play together in the game and so just talking with him sometimes. Like any of my best friends is very like stress relieving. Just. Yep. And then, of course, my husband. It's sad because my husband and I sometimes work off hours. Because um, most of the time I'm 9 to 5.30, but sometimes I'm like 12 to 8.30. And at that point, I won't see him. So I usually get like two hours with my husband a day, maybe. And that's that makes me sad. But that's yeah. like my 
that's also my relaxing time is with him. Then we did any way you can find it, obviously. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's, what's the thing that you geek out about that most people wouldn't expect? Besides books, um, Jay Kristoff, <laughs> he I, is my favorite author, okay. um, probably of all time. I know it's really weird, but like, he's just a fantabulous person. Um, he's from Australia and he's just like so down to earth and he actually like respects his fans and like, isn't just like, okay, yeah, you're a fan. Cool. Like he takes time to actually like sit and talk with you. Um, we're actually working on something together for wow. his new book that's coming out in September. Again, very humbling. Um, another thing that I probably really geek out about is giraffes yes. and coffee mugs. Okay. <laughs> I collect coffee mugs and I go a little ape shit about drafts. Um, <laughs> I saw my first draft in person like three years ago. There was one at the LA County Fair. And I didn't know it was there. My husband did. He's like, let's let's go over here. There's live animals over here. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Let's go. And long and behold, there was a giraffe. And I just broke down crying. Like I was Kristen Stewart. Or was it Kristen Stewart? Kristen Bell. When she saw the sloth for the first yep. time on the Ellen show. That was me with the giraffe. <laughs> Balled my eyes out like a little bitch. It was great. Yeah. So those are probably the two things. Well, three things if you count a person. <laughs> so I have to ask because okay. my fiance also collects coffee mugs. And okay. as, a per- as a person who is who doesn't drink coffee myself... Uh, before she moved in, I didn't. I had maybe a coffee mug. What do you do with all your coffee mugs? Like, I'm thinking, do I need to build like some type of tree or like a place on the wall to hang all these mugs? I have so many mugs in my house now. Probably, probably. Okay. So we, before I actually started collecting coffee mugs, we would just get like the some that are in like the little kits that come with like the plates and the bowls. You know, like the, the matching, uh-huh. the matching set. Uh-huh. So we have a bunch of those and they kind of fill up our cabinet because they're on the very, very top because we don't we don't use them. <laughs> and then for some reason I have like a wild hair at my ass. I start collecting coffee mugs. And so right now they're kind of all over the counter near the Keurig <laughs> because there's no room. Because I'm too lazy to go up there and throw away the matching ones for the bowls that we don't use. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. I'm lazy, but also if they go all the way up there, they won't be able to reach them. So I'm kind of in a conundrum at the moment. <laughs> Makes sense. I love it. <laughs> so you, you you talked about the book, and it's 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 a world. You have many books coming out in that world. Do you have a number in your head of where the books stop, or is oh. it just open to go on forever? So for the actual Skin series, it was originally supposed to be a trilogy. Um, Skin, Shift, and Sever would be the three titles. If I go with the quartet and do the fourth book, it'll be Solitude. But it should be no more than four. Okay. Um, For the YA spinoff, it should be a duology, possible trilogy. Um, And then for the other paranormal romance that takes place in Vegas, um, it's gonna pretty much be like a series with like a different crime in everyone wow. so it, it could be one of those things that go on forever one one things that don't like for instance okay hamilton uh she has written 28 books 
they're all connected and you have to read them in order, but they're all individual stories. Oh. I won't go that far because like as a reader, I'm like, oh my God, yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it has a potential to be, but I won't know until I write it. So Skin right now is the only one that I know is going to be either a trilogy or a quartet. Any any plans to go back to the Patterson like thrillers that you you went away from? The closest thing would be the paranormal romance that is taking place in Vegas. Las Vegas. Okay. Um, because my main character, her name is Valkyrie, but she goes by Val. Um, she is a hellhound, and she was marked as a hellhound by Severus, who is the guardian of the underworld. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much like what he does is they give i say they because it's also the fates if you guys know if you ever watched the the cartoon hercules the three sisters with the one eyeball they're the fates <laughs> um basically give her a really bad person that she has to mark for death so as a hellhound she lives like in the current like human world and they're like hey this is a bad person mark them for death that way when they die they'll get sent to us because if you don't then they'll go to a different realm of hell so that sounds really crazy. <laughs> but if, if you've ever read like anything, any other like mythological or even like Dante's Inferno, there's several different realms of the underworld. So there's the Greek one that we're doing and I'm also doing like Anubis and their underworld. So that, that's kind of like where my Greek and my Egyptian are coming together. Um, and so if a certain soul isn't marked by a certain entity, that correlates with it they won't end up in that spot i know it sounds really weird but it's working so far in the book good um <laughs> so she's also a a detective for the preternatural branch so she's works in the monster branch of investigators for homicide people so i have a bunch of dead strippers in the book right now and they're trying to figure out who it is <laughs> so it's it's weird to explain it but it's working so far as the book I like it. It sounds good. <laughs> now, I know you said that one of the characters is very much based off your husband, but let's say 10 years down the line, five years down the line, mm-hmm. it, it hits it's super big like we know it will. Casting mm-hmm. director comes up to you and says, "Who did you have anybody in mind when you were writing these characters? Mm-hmm. So, my husband would be Kane. Um, who is the one I was telling you about, my werewolf. Mm-hmm. But as for everyone else, it's it's really weird. So for my main characters, you have Key, who is in this char- um, in this book. You have Bay, who is my fantasy, my boy fantasy girl. And then you have Val, who is in the, the Las Vegas one. So Key is kind of, I guess, a reflection of me. I don't want to say that she is me because I don't go around killing people. Um, but she's about. gone through, yes, okay, sh- don't give away my secrets. <laughs> she's gone through the transformation that I have. So when I was younger, I was a meek, weak little girl and I was severely picked on, severely bullied until one day I was like, fuck this, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, I'm out mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, so that's kind of like me and key. So she's like a reflection of myself. I wouldn't say that she is me. She has my hair color, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, Bay has my like my anxiety um, and like the self doubt that I've had as a person, um, and then Val kind of has my uh, 
my I don't really give a shit about what you think attitude now. So it's really weird. They all have like a sliver of me, but they're not they're not me, if that makes sense. No, that makes absolute sense. <laughs> Is uh what was the 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 biggest problem that you came across in in self-publishing that you weren't expecting? The cost. Okay. Um it's it's very it's very weird because when you do traditionally publishing, all you have to do is be like, you have to query a literary, um, a literary agent with like this super short but sweet letter saying what your book is about, why they should publish to you, and why it's different. But they get hundreds of those a day. So it's so hard to like stand out. But if you do traditionally publishing, you don't have to pay anything up front. They handle everything. So just the process of lo- alone of self-publishing is is very overwhelming. So you have to do a cover designer um, and then you have to do like an interior designer, which is basically like your formatter because you can't just go from word straight to publishing. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> has to be a certain font, has to be a certain margins, has to be a certain um, spacing between each lettering. Um, the indentation of each paragraph has to be a certain way. Um, and then you have to have like an editor and then you have to, um, in my case, you have to buy ISBNs. So an ISBN is basically like, the easiest way to describe it is a book's social security number. Mm-hmm. So you type that number in anywhere and it takes you directly to that book. Um, so you actually have to buy those. And I didn't know that. So you can buy one for $125 or you can buy 10 for 295 And I was like, hmm, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's about the 10-pack. So, um, And that's just like for future books to be written. Um, Amazon will give you an ISBN, but that's only for them. So if like if you want your book at um you know Barnes and Noble or if you want it like in a library or anywhere else that's not Amazon, you have to go somewhere else to publish as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through Ingram Spark, which is a publication company as well. Um they're kind of like a distribution center. So they will print your book. Um it's like it's fifty dollars to actually list your book with them. And then, of course, there's royalties um, where there's X amount cost for the printing from the actual book and, and all that. Um, but they make it so that you can expand your book anywhere. So, like, libraries can get it. Like I said, BarnesandNoble.com can get it. Books a million, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it's it's very – it's it's a lot. It was a lot more than I thought it was going to be to start out. Because, I mean, there are, there are people that they don't have the money to – put into getting their book published so they won't pay for an editor they'll do their own covers and you know they'll do their own formatting and sometimes you can really tell and i didn't want that i like if i was gonna do if i was gonna publish this i wanted it to be the best that it could be like i want it to seem like it's a traditionally published book so that's kind of what i did um luckily the the stimulus check that we got <laughs> helped a lot with the cost for that so Yay. There you go. Hey, <laughs> <Yay>, COVID. <laughs> something came out good. Yeah. So that that's something I wasn't expecting is is the upfront cost to get everything published. So, ouch. What's the one piece of advice for if there's a listener here that wants to self-publish or, or be mm-hmm. a writer that you would give? Um, Honestly, I would do the same thing that Jay Kristoff has said, um, I know it's really silly because like, he's, he's my idol, like I told you guys. Like, <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, his number one 
ad, like advice and encouragement that gives um, writers is that finishing a book is already 90% more than other people. There's something, there's something I hear like that. So basically it's already better than all the other books because they're not done. Mm-hmm. Like so many people have tried writing a book and they just stop. So he always encourages you to actually like finish your book. Um, to me, it was not to get discouraged. Um, because like I said, when I first got those, those rejection letters from, you know, traditional publishing, I was like super discouraged. I was like, Ugh, I knew it. This is shit. <sighs> I'm dumb. Like this is a dream I should have never like, you know, reached out for because I obviously people don't like it. And it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of people, if they don't like what your letter says, they won't even look at your actual manuscript. So they have no idea what your manuscript has because all they do is read the letter and was like, Neh, not for me. And especially realizing that urban fantasy isn't really a thriving genre right now. I feel like a lot of the query or the, the literary agents who saw that were like, mm, pass without actually reading it because it's not a thriving genre that people want right now so i just i really wouldn't give up i would just keep going and i would honestly in not invest but ask for beta readers um because they'll be honest with you yes she's my best friend um but she was very much like this doesn't make sense like why is this like this you know when it should be like this i'm like oh yeah you're right you're right you're right or you explain your case like well it's this because this because later on that this happens so I mean, just getting somebody to read it is so helpful because a lot of times we're scared to have people read our work because it's showing a very vulnerable part of us. Like, this is our love child. Please be nice to me as you read it. So a lot of people don't want people to read it because they're scared of the backlash. But I think just opening yourself up that one little step to have somebody read it will mean a lot and will actually help a lot with your decisions. Okay. So last question. If you could have one completely useless superpower, what would it be? And it has to be useless. Okay. I'm ready for this. And this is going to sound really stupid, but it's very specific to my job. Are you ready? I'm ready. Unbreakable nails. Oh. <laughs> because when, okay, I know it sounds really silly, but when, when my nails grow out, like I have very like white, like pretty nails but working at a bookstore there's constantly times where you're like so you're sticking your hand between books on the shelf so you mm-hmm. like make room or space them out and i always break my nails always always and it, it makes me so angry because i'll be missing like one or two out of like the 10 and it just looks stupid like i cut them all off <laughs> that that is my, <laughs> my useless my lose yeah <laughs> good no that's perfect I, I love that i love that uh Thank you. Thank you for coming on and talking about your book and, right. and just He's catching up in general. <laughs> yes. When is it that it, the book is going to be uh, out officially for anybody to order? March 9th. March 9th. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming. It's scary. It's coming. So, uh, yeah, because this is actually going to go up on uh, March 5th. So there we go. Ah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> Uh, is there any social media you want to give out? Is there is there a, or a place to order the book online when it when it's ready? Is it should we just go to your Etsy? 
So my Etsy actually is is was only for the pre-ordered copies. I'm not having any more on there. Um, so that it will be available on Amazon, Kindle, and Barnes and Noble. Um, if you go into Barnes and Noble, you will have to order it. Um, they're not going to actively stock it unless it's my store. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll those will be the places that you can get it. Um, as for social media, you can follow me on Miss Cat Reads on TikTok. That's probably where I'm most active currently. Um, uh, and there's uh, it's underscore Allie Cat on Instagram. I also post some stuff on there. And then I have Allie Wagner Writes, and that is my Facebook page where you can get actual book updates. So it's kind of like TikTok for personal and book stuff. Instagram is more like cosplay and like, hey, I'm doing this thing. And then my Facebook page is more like books. So <laughs> kind of all over the place. Get all of the alley. Get all of the alley. <laughs> uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, I am at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite, Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, GeekElitemedia.com. If you are listening to this as a podcast, which you should be, whatever podcatcher you use, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. <laughs> this concludes our broadcast. 